time up here teaching us. And uh, that plays right into it. Live like you were made to live. Because one of the things he shared with us, we, we were created to live on a level we can't get to or on our own. And then this brief little excerpt he puts in there, he says, and we know it. I mean, I, I don't want you to just take for granted what that's emphasizing. And we know it. And then I, I'll sing of his goodness. It was a, a part of the the other song that They sing, I, I just sing one song. I, I'm just going to sing one song. And it's the goodness of God. There, there'll be groups that would say that God's behind some of the calamity, some of the sickness, some of the poverty, some of, some of the things that you see going on in this world that are destructive and deadly. There'll be many, many groups, even within the body of Christ, that would suggests that God has his part in it. But I'm going to sing one song. And it's going to be about the goodness of God. Because if you want to know something about somebody, you ask that person to describe their self. And if, and if they're going to be honest and true, which we know God is not a man. We, we've been, we went over that. God's not a man that he should lie. And he said that about himself. I am good. And I doeth good. So I'm a one song wonder. And I want to talk to you about some things that, uh, like I said, Pastor Mark, I'm going to piggyback off some of his stuff. I believe without a doubt I'm going to help him as he moves forward with what I share with who, who, who's able to hear this tonight, I'm not going to be a hindrance to what he's taught. I'm going to come alongside and help him. Uh, if not, God wouldn't have given me this time, and Mark wouldn't have yielded to the Holy Ghost if he didn't think I could come in and impart something that you could bring back with you this Sunday with expectation. <clears throat> But the three uh, things, I mentioned one, we were created to live on a level that we cannot get to on our own, and we know it. And I'm expecting more out of my life than I can produce on my own. And then the third one, we were created to become something that we can never make ourselves. <clears throat> And I got tons, with the, the moment he started teaching on these things, I, I'd, I'd go home and I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't wait to get down and, um, and find the confirmation. See, these aren't necessarily chapter and verse in Scripture. But the revelation of God and His ways and His character and His qualities aren't necessarily going to come to the man of God by chapter and verse. Revelation knowledge doesn't necessarily come that way. And so when I hear things, 
that just explode in my spirit. I can't wait to get back and find the examples in the Bible which people throughout human history experience this very principle that you hear Pastor Mark and other men of God that hear from God sharing with the body of Christ. And, and I, I would go and text pastor and say, go look at this account here. This is an example of expecting more out of your life than you could produce on your own. And there would be example after example that I would show him. And, and um, that, that's what I'm going to do tonight. I want to be able to show you some examples of documented history of these men and women in the Bible that um, Pastor Mark has been sharing with us these principles. Now, these principles are not separate from each other. They are all a part of one work, a dynamic work of God that he does. And ask the the born-again believer to perform. They're, they're not separate. They're, they're all a part of one work, this work of grace that God has bestowed upon His people. We're, we're in charge of changing the world through, through these principles. The Bible says that um, everything is for our benefit, is what God's done. Everything is for our benefit. So being created to become something we can never make ourselves, that's for our benefit. Expecting more out of your life than you can produce on your own, that's for our benefit. We were created to live on a level that we cannot get to on our own, and we know it, that was for our benefit. And so, I, I ask yourself, this question. Uh, have you ever done this? Uh, is this all there is to it? Is this all there is to life? So Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, this is a, a very common, famous Powerful, beautiful uh, scripture that the Lord Jesus said here. He said, <clears throat> "He said the thief come on, cometh only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly." We were created to live on a level that we cannot get to our own our own. And we know it. And so you ask yourself, is this all there is to it? When you read this scripture, are you experiencing this type of abundant life that Jesus talked about? He came and sacrificed himself for us to have. You look at, you look at um, <clears throat> John 14 and 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me will do the works that I do also. And he will do greater works than these because I'm going to my Father. 
We were created to live on a level that we cannot get to on our own. And we know it. And so ask yourself, is this all there is to life? And what I mean by that is going to work, going to church. Uh, maybe You may be married, may not be married. You know, attending sporting events, hobbies, hunting, fishing. Uh, you may travel. You go to a place. You come back from a place. Uh, you go out to eat at good restaurants. You visit with family from time to time. You do ministry day in and day out. And I want to emphasize without the miracles. And so do you ask yourself, is this all there is to it? Because this is what Pastor Mark is, is emphasizing when he says we were created to live on a level that we cannot get to on our own, and we know it. So my question is, is there anybody here other than myself that know without a doubt there's still something there we have not touched and tapped into? I mean, if you've been born again and you're honest with yourself, you know there is. It has to be something more than just going to work. And and all these things are good, and, and they're actually small portions of miracles that you experience on a daily basis, being able to function and go and, and do what you do on a daily basis in this crooked and perverse generation to a level where the Bible says you're going to shine like stars and be blameless, that, that you're, you're experiencing a, a certain measure of miraculous work of God inside you just to accomplish that on a regular basis with high efficiency and functionality. But that's not what the Master said. He said greater works than these. That you'll do also. And so you may ask yourself, <clears throat> what must I do? Let me, let me show you an example here uh, in Matthew 19. I've seen this. Now this is about the rich young ruler. We know how he come to Jesus. And I want to introduce three, uh, several words to you here that we're going to talk about uh, in, in this teaching. The words unlimited, the words immortal, the words eternal, and the words victorious. You, you need to examine your life in direct contrast to these words. And qualify everything you say and do based on what the meaning and the quality of these words mean for us. Unlimited, immortal, eternal, and victorious. Because I want you to look right here at Matthew 19. <clears throat> that The question I asked you was, is there more to th this life than what we're experiencing. And, and everybody said, yes, it is. So this, this rich young man comes to, to the uh, master, and he says, um, good teacher, what, what shall I do to have eternal life? Now, Pastor Mark's good about revealing this. This is just not talking about the length of time. talking about quality also. 
what must I do to uh, have eternal life? And, and, and so Jesus replied to him, why do you call me good? Now, I'm convinced the master wanted to know what the man knew, the reason he asked him. Why, why do you call me good? He wanted to find out what level of understanding he had where he would know how to answer him. And there's only one good, and that's God. But if you would enter life, keep the commandments. And it goes on down here, it lists the commandments. And the young man said, I've done all this from my youth. But here's a fascinating question. What do I still lack? He knew there was still something missing. The level of life that he had desired to live by nature. Don't even know if the you don't even know if the guy's been born again or not. You know he's uh, most likely a little Jewish boy because he knows the law. Been been exposed to it growing up. I've kept him all the way through my youth, but you don't know. Uh, at this point in time in the gospel, he hadn't been born again yet. But by nature, what God's put in us, he said, well, what do I still lack? Is there more than this left? He just had something in him revealing to him that he was created to live on a level that he wasn't experiencing at this point. He, he was, he, he had... Obviously wealthy, been going to church, maybe married, not, doesn't say, sports, hobbies, hunting, fishing, traveling, going and coming. He'd been taking care of business. But he asked this question, what do I still lack? And so you, you may ask, uh, what, what must I do to experience this eternal life, this quality of life that Jesus spoke about, the abundant life? being able to do the works that he does and even greater works than these. What do I must do? What must I do? How do I find this eternal life in quality? Well, do you know how to find faith in the Scriptures? Did, did you know you can find faith in the Scriptures in order to fulfill or walk in these great proclamations of God uh, and His will for those who believe. Did, did, did you know you can find faith in the Scriptures? Do you know how to find yourself in the Scriptures? And would you recognize you if God Himself gave you a description? <clears throat> would you recognize yourself if God Himself gave you a description? So I want to take a look here at an example of finding faith in the Scriptures. Let's look at Jesus, Luke 4. This is a common, uh, commonly taught portion of Scripture here, Luke 4. <clears throat> and I'm going to start at 16, and the Bible says that Jesus, He came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom, and as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up and read. Now, when I read that, the first thing that jumped out at me when it said, as was his custom, was what? 
faithfulness. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. When he, when he had unrolled the scroll, he found the place where it was written. So let me ask you something. What are you looking for? Well, the, the questions that I ask you is, you looking for faith in the Scriptures? And would you recognize yourself, if God Himself described you, would you be able to see you? Would you recognize yourself when you've seen it? Well, this is what Jesus does right here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. He set to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he rolled up the scroll, he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. And the eyes of all those who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And, and he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. See, this was a prophecy about Jesus himself. He stood up and read that. He recognized himself based on the description of his ministry. He recognized himself. This is how Jesus, glory to God, this is how his whole life was built up and strengthened, was his ability to go in and quote and, and, and confess and believe God's word about who he was being the Messiah. He found faith in the Scriptures. And then if you look in Romans 4, let's look at Abraham. Finding faith in the Scriptures. Now all this is, I'm, I'm, I'm going the best I can. I'm going to get out what I can. Uh, we, we, we might, we're not going to interrupt reg, regularly scheduled programming. Uh I thought I'd do that, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, glory to God. But uh, look, look at um, Romans chapter 4 and this account with Abraham. 4 and 1. What shall we say then? Now, you're going through Romans chapter 3. It's talking about justification by faith. Okay? Then it says, What shall we say then that Abraham our father, according to the flesh, what's he found? So Abraham was looking for something. And Abraham, if you go back and read the account in Genesis 12 through 17 is the primary scriptures, the foundation for Abraham's life. Those who would believe uh, based on his life, would receive the blessing through what Abraham was able to establish with God through covenant. If you'll go back and look at those, those accounts, uh, Abraham found an exceeding great reward when he believed God. It asks the question here, what shall we say Abraham found? And keep it in mind, these 
terms unlimited, immortal, eternal, victorious. And I want you to understand that they absolutely have a part to play in your everyday life to be able to get into the place where you, you were created to become something uh, that you can never make yourself. <clears throat> now, transformation is a word in the Scriptures that... is one of the most undertaught principles that's in the Bible of how God has the ability to take something and, and that is lesser than what it should be and make it greater than it can ever be on its own. That, that's what God did for Abraham. He told him, he said, I'm going to make you, I will make you, I will make you, I will make you, I will make you. And all those I will make you's were exceedingly great things that God had planned for Abraham and his descendants. <clears throat> and so we were created to become something we can never make ourselves. This is a part of a transformation process that begins, first of all, when you have an eye to see, an ear to hear what God has designed you to be. He's described it all in the Bible. And listen to me now. Your eyes and your ears are dependent on your heart. You, you want to not be able to see something? You want to not be able to hear something? that's truly divine and from God, have, have, have chaos going on in your heart. Have some strife going on. Have some unbelief. You know, thinking, well, that's just Donald tonight. Pastor's on, you know, he, he's not here, so I'll just go through the motions. Your eyes and your ears are dependent on your heart. And so this transformation process this word become, that, that we were created to become, that's talking about through the process of time. pastor talks about what discipleship is, that, that inner reality becoming an outward expression. Everything that you have seen and learned and gained, that, that you've incorporated on the inside of you, you begin to lay your hands and your feet to it and express it with your mouth, and you begin to see these things happen that God says will happen. Amen. Now this isn't, this is not for passive people. The ones that would say, you know, well, God will just bless me. I just believe God's in control. No, you got to look at a far greater thing that he's put before us. Let, let me... Uh, Matt said something about fake fantasies. <clears throat> My goodness. Now, Grant is a friend of mine. He He's heard me say things that are fake fantasies. I told him, 
I just tell him over and over and over, I'm on a mission. Then I'm going to be in Walmart. And there's going to be a little kid in a wheelchair. And I'm going to tell him to get up and walk in the name of Jesus. And you go back to your family and you tell them what God's done for you. And I don't lose heart because now I've been born again 17 years. But you know what? The master was near. He was 30 years old before he performed his first miracle. He had been walking in the things of God for 30 years before he experienced his first miracle. The, 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 the wedding banquet with the wine. So I'm not going to lose heart because everybody say, well, how come you ain't doing it now? Well, I ain't built up enough yet. But there's some things that I've learned to look at, and I'm going to share them with you right quick, that if you'll start looking at these things on a regular basis, and they all have to do with being unlimited in ability, immortality, the eternal side of who you are, and the all-victorious side of who you are. All of these things, if you've been born again, you have incorporated them into your very being of who you are in Christ Jesus. They're in there. Now, we, we've, we've seen and heard of natural feats and, and things happen with people to where, you know, even in sports, people accomplish great things, and it almost looks superhuman. You, you've had uh, things in, in history to where uh, there's been 130-pound women had their children in a car turned upside down on a train track. And no help. And they've been able to turn the car on its side and get it off the track. Just superhuman feats that has happened throughout history in man. Now what I want to present to you is that was on the inside of her, that woman, this partic- these particular people. It was on the inside of them the whole time. It just took a particular circumstance to draw it out of them. It was on the inside of them the whole time. They didn't go over and get no smelling sauce. Or, or take a needle and inject in their arm. No, no. The baby was dying. The car was on fire. A train was coming. And the only way to come in and save the day is I got to move it. That power and that ability was on the inside of these people the whole time. I heard a story when I worked at the fire department. The, the firemen come back talking about something that happened where a whole front porch fell on uh, a granddaddy and uh, uh, his grandson. And and so this porch, when the, and this is the, after the fact, they've done been there and experienced the scene, done cleaned it up and everything. They're telling this porch weighed seven, eight thousand pounds of lumber and, and roofing and all. It just it, it detached from from the house and it fell on the granddad and he's laying there. And and, and um, <clears throat> so when the fireman got there, uh, the the grandson had already had him pulled out. He said, "What happened?" I said, well, the porch fell on my granddaddy, and I, I, I had to get him out. They said, well, how'd you get him out? Well, I just raised the porch up and pulled him out. And there were six or eight big grown firemen. I mean, 
muscle men. They couldn't move. They had to bring a crane out to move it. I mean, and so that ability was inside this guy the whole time. It just took a certain situation to bring it out. Well, what I'm, what I'm wanting to emphasize to you tonight is these things I'm going to share with you, they're already on the inside of you if you've been born again. And there has to be a special circumstance for you to draw it out. And I'm going to give you some simple things just to look at that is going to play a part in having these things manifest in your life. And I have experienced uh, some results of what these scriptures will do for you in measure. Not the fullness yet, but in measure through uh, certain things. Say, for instance, like uh, Word of Wisdom, through the gifts of the Spirit, basically. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, revelation. I've experienced these in measure. To where I know if I hadn't opened my eyes to some of these things I'm going to show you, I never would have experienced them. So turn to 2 Corinthians 5.16 if you got your Bible or your iPad. Or, and I'm going to go through these pretty quick. One of the very first things is, is you have to acknowledge, lean not to your own understanding, but trust the Lord, acknowledge Him in all your ways. And he'll direct your path. You have to acknowledge the unlimited side of your born-again man. You have to acknowledge the immortal side of your born-again man. You have to acknowledge the eternal side of your mortal, of your, uh, mortal man. You, you have to, um, you have to um, acknowledge the victorious side of, of your being. You have to acknowledge it. And so 2 Corinthians 5.16, now we, we know about 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Look, all things have become new. Now, about 10 years ago, I, I, I mean, I come through recovery. I was in the foundry, uh, you know, and so I, I, I was, we, we just was pounded with this scripture. And, and but just being able to pass a drug test, I knew that just wasn't all there was to it. Stop smoking, stop cussing, stop drinking. The, the, you know, all, the old's passed away, the new's come. Now I don't smoke, now I don't cuss. But I knew that just wasn't all there was to it. And I stayed before the Lord on this thing, and he said, Well, son, just read the verse before it. Read 16. And I read 16. And it said, so from now on, now we're talking about who Christ died, where Christ died, and where he died for all. And now we no longer live, we just live for him, the one that, was, that died and was rose again. And it said, from now on, we, we, we no longer consider anyone purely in a human way. Even if you had known Christ Jesus, in a human way, you no longer know him in this way. Therefore, any man be in Christ. So that thing expounds from Jesus, which came and, and walked in the flesh. He was crucified, buried, resurrected, ascended to the right hand of God. He's, now he's no longer human. 
He's something more than human. Well, this can, can you find yourself if God describes you? Can you find faith in the Scriptures where it says, so from now on we, we don't regard anyone totally in a human way or according to the flesh? Even if you had known Jesus in a human way, you no longer know Him in this way. Therefore, any man be in Christ Jesus. My friend, you, you cannot shy away from the biblical truth that you are something more than human. You, you cannot shy away from that. You, you can't run from it. It's the very thing that's going to get you into the John 10, 10 and the John 14, 12 where he says, Greater works than these that you'll do also because I go to my Father. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them, and has entrusted us this message of reconciliation. And so you, you cannot regard yourself purely as flesh and bone. 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, chapter 1, look, look what this says, this is, this is just beautiful to me. Can you find faith in the scriptures to be able to present yourself to a world that you're just something more than human? <clears throat> because it's been ordained of God for it to be that way. It says, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Now, you have to ask yourself, why would I have to, why would Timothy even be saying that don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord? Because when you start operating and functioning in this level, these folks are going to try to talk you off of it and make fun of you. They might not let you speak to a big group at their church. When you start talking about you were created to live on a level that you can't get to on your own. But look right here what it says. Keep it in mind, unlimited, immortal, eternal, victorious. Don't be ashamed of, of the testimony of our Lord. Paul said, nor of me a prisoner, but sharing the sufferings of the gospel by the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not by our works. See, we can't get here on our own but by His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who abolished death. And guess what He done? He has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So, you know, when you bring something to light, what that means, don't you? He brought it out here so you can see it. If it didn't have any use, there wouldn't be any sense in bringing it to light. Immortality. And I know everybody likes to go back and talk about what was said, what Adam said, from the dust you came to the dust you return. But I'm going to submit to you this. Adam was more than dust before the sin. 
He had the very breath and life and nature of God inside him. He was more than dust. Well, guess what? Jesus came and restored us back as if the sin never happened. You're more than dust. A couple of more here. Hebrews 7, 16. So this is talking about a line of priesthood, Melchizedek, and Jesus being in that line, okay? <clears throat> Hebrews seven sixteen. Now, don't run from this either because I'm going to just I'm gonna read the Bible to you, okay? So this is talking about he'll be a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. I'm talking about Jesus. And said, for, for, for who, be, who, be, who became a priest, not by law pertaining to ancestry, but by the power of an indestructible life. Hebrews 7, 16. That word also means endless. You know what endless means? No beginning and no end. See, we always want to look at the inside of it and never want to go back and look at the... It doesn't have a beginning either. Your, your, your being and your existence in the kingdom of God didn't start when you got born again. Whatever date that was, my date was July 4th, 2004. But if I'm truly walking in eternal life, I didn't have a beginning. Come on now, hear me, listen to me now. I didn't have a beginning. If I've got the very life of God living inside me, where was his beginning? They wasn't one. He just was. And the word says that we were in Christ Jesus before the foundations of the world. You've got to open your mind up that you have access to information of things that happened before the foundations of the world ever even occurred. Why? Because you've got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, and He's not limited by time or space. And I'm, I'm going to finish here. Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 2, it goes on and talks about how you were being built into spiritual houses. And then I'm going to ask you, what, what are you looking for? My friends, I, I, you know, the Lord showed me this. And again, I, I hope you would consider it for yourself. If we go through life, and if we don't have God adding to that life with dynamic miracles worked through our hands and our feet. And if we don't have miracles happen for us and through us by the Holy Spirit, I, I suggest to you we, we living in vain. I, I, I just can't be satisfied. Never be happy until I begin to walk in these things and experience them. I just so what so what are you looking for? Romans chapter two verse seven. If you look right here, it said to those who by patiently doing good, they seek for glory, honor, and immortality will be eternal life. Now you ain't gonna have to hunt for it and seek for it once you cross over sitting at the marriage supper of the Lamb. 
You're going to already be experiencing it. You don't hunt for something you already have. This scripture is talking about this life. Because Jesus said over in, in, the, in the Gospels, he said, um, he said, you guys are looking for the glory of man and not for the glory of God. And, and I got to thinking, you mean God's got glory for us? That's what's found in the greater works, my friend. Even to the point where Paul was on, on one of the islands and he, he got bit by the snake and he shook it off and they looked at him like he was a god. And of course he had the right response. He, 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 he let them know. But, but even in John 10, in, in verse 34, Jesus mentioned this to the people he was speaking to. He said, is it not written in your scriptures that ye are gods? It's one of the greatest transfers in, in human history dealing with God and God dealing with us. Where God came and lived as a man, where man could live as gods. Little g. I'm not blaspheming. They even they brought that subject up with Jesus uh, uh, that uh, he's blaspheming because he puts himself on the same level as God. And then he all he did was quote scripture. Is it not written in your in your scriptures that ye are gods? So to be able to find faith in the scriptures, you you have to be able to appeal to the unlimited, immortal, eternal, all victorious side of who you are when you got born again. And have all that that's available in Christ Jesus, in God the Father, in the Holy Spirit, have that be available for you on a daily basis. And when you begin to experience some things, uh, so here, and I'm going to stop right here. And this, is, I'm going to just put myself out there. So I went several years. <clears throat> And I'd shave my head because my hair was thin. Okay? And so I'm, 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 I'm in my house one morning getting ready to go to work. <clears throat> and I was just, you know, the thought came to my mind. I said, Lord, it'd be great to have hair. <clears throat> And he says, I can't count them if I can't see them. And I knew what he was saying. Quit shaving it if you want hair, dummy. Okay? But, but what I noticed in the days of meditating on this, and actually, ain't going to cut it. If I can't believe God to grow hair... I can't lay hands on that kid at Walmart. Now, as time progresses, and you see my hair filling out, you might want to hang out at Walmart. Amen. I'm just telling you. It's a, I, I mean, I, I'm just put. I, I, I want to experience miracles. I want to be able to build myself up to the point. I, and that's how Jesus done it. He grew into these things so that when it come time for him to die, he wouldn't come down off that cross. He was ready. He'd done been built up. 
and tested in every way so that when they laid hold of him, he, he wasn't coming down. Because the Word said he could have called legions of angels to get him. But he had done been built up. He was believing God for resurrection. And, and he knew that if he died, God was going to raise him up. But he had done experienced a lot of things before he got to that point where the Romans come and got him. So I understand how this works, this transformation process that has to take place in our hearts so that we gain confidence in God as we go. So then when that time comes, power's there. You ain't going to have to go get nobody. Father, thank you for this uh, this time, Lord. <clears throat> I embrace and thank you for the immortal, unlimited, eternal, all-victorious inner man that I have on the inside of me. Father God, I my, my will is to be in agreement with your will that through this inner man being built up and strengthened, that just like in the days in the book of Acts, we turn the world upside down. With miracles, signs, wonders, and demonstrations of power wrought by your people who believe and will be ready and won't be ashamed of it, glory to God, And in these coming days, this is where a a nation can be transformed. Is where the men and women of God have that inner man have its way in our daily lives. And I yield to it, Father. I thank you for it. I know it's a great responsibility, and I'll walk in it all the days that I have here in this life. In Jesus' name, amen.